Hello and welcome to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lanil. And this week, we watched a movie that is... I don't even want to use the word adaptation here. We watched 2017's The Dark Tower, and we're going to talk about uh, it. We're going to talk about it. Before we talk about it, The Dark Tower, how was your week? My week was actually pretty good. Uh, I, I it's it's unmemorable. Like you said, we've talked about COVID weeks. Yes, where it's you're you're going through the routine of of doing the same things over and over again by rote. So uh, yeah, it was it was a shelter in place week almost. How was yours? Everything is a mush. Yes. Yes. How was your week? It was good. I made a painting. Yes, you did. My very first painting that I did that I. It's the first painting I ever made that didn't that I don't think looks like garbage. I thank you because you gave me a painting, and <laughs> but you liked it. Yes, and I was unhappy with it. So that was her early garbage it. phase. I can paint over it and paint you a better painting. No, I like this painting. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, oh. should I sign it? Uh, yes, you should. Okay, well, it's not signed. I'm okay. looking at it right we'll now. We'll have to sign it. My cloud tree it. with clouds. Cloud tree with clouds is very unique. Yes, it's weird. All right, but I made a La Chat Noir. Yes, I understand that this is what paintings, painting that pay, pay, people make at paint and sip nights, but I don't care. I made it, and it looks good, and I'm It happy. looks very good. So, on to the movie. Let's talk about the movie. We watched a movie, and it the, was The Dark Tower. I'm going to rely heavily on you for this, because I've never read the books, and there's a, it's yeah. a very long series of... Here's so, the thing, <clears throat> Maybe though. we should start with that, because I don't... The, the issue seems to be that it's very different. It's not just very different. It is not an adaptation right, of the books. Right, so that, that's what I need to understand. It because... has characters from the books, mm-hmm. and some, some uh, plot aspects of the books. Right. And then it also has four million Easter eggs for Stephen King fans. And then they put that in a blender and then they gave it to a Danish director to direct. And then we have this movie, which is very entertaining, super fun, very and good short. cast, very short, right. and not in any way a good adaptation of a Stephen King okay. work. That's what I think. So, I enjoyed this. I'd never seen it. I thought uh-huh. I had seen it. I had not seen it. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. If I didn't think it was called The Dark Tower. <laughs> like, it's... I have read The Dark Tower series. And what um, is The Dark Tower series about? It's about what we saw. It's okay. about uh, the man in black, whose name is inexplicably Walter, but he's also the walking man from The right. Stand. It's the same character. Or it's iterations of the same character is probably a more... Mm, Apt way to say it, mm. and it's a, it's his it's Stephen King's fantasy series that ties all of his other works together, not all of them, but most of them together in a multiverse situation. The center of the multiverse is the Dark Tower, and the Man in Black's whole raison d'être is to destroy the Dark Tower and bring about the apocalypse on all in all universes. Why? And uh, because he's the devil. Okay. Because that's because he's the bad guy. There's no just cause okay. chaos, and also he is like the devil, basically. Um, and then Roland Deschamps, who is our main character, who's played, I think, 
that Idris Elba does an excellent job with what he has given in this role. And I mm-hmm. have no problem with the casting of Idris Elba in this role. I will say that. Well, neither did Stephen King. He apparently well, liked it very much. Uh, yeah. No, the paintings in the book are of a white man but with blue eyes. But I, I, don't, ca- I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. That doesn't... Stephen King defaults to a white male protagonist because he's a white male. I don't feel like the stories need to... Or adaptations need to stick to those kinds of uh, descriptions. The Dark Tower series started as three books, okay. but then it ends on a cliffhanger. And then many, many, many years after he wrote the first three books, he wrote the fourth book. My mom was very excited. I recall she had she got it from the library, and she read it, and then she was super pissed because the fourth book did not end the series. And then he went on to write, Three and a half more books. Okay. There's um. Now, did he, didn't he go back and re-edit the first he book? He did, okay. because he was adding to it. And right. he had brought in all of the other story, uh, many of the other stories that he had written to add back into it. He's a character in one of the later ones. Uh, there's a whole, whole book that's a flashback to Roland's childhood. Okay. Um, you know, in the book, Jake is uh, described as 11 years old. Uh, the movie, uh, at least the Wikipedia page of the movie, wants me to believe that this child is 11 years old, but this child he looks is about 15. Not 11 yeah. years old, yes. Uh, he's also supposed to be blonde. The actor that they hired is blonde. They mm-hmm. put a dark wig on him, and I don't understand why, because it looked like a dark wig. I was just like, what is happening right now? I don't um, know. I can kind of understand that choice. Why? Because it's a black man saving a little blonde white child who is the messiah for the world, whose initials well, okay, are JC, right? So Jake Chambers in the books is originally described as basically a miniature version of Roland. Right. So why don't we just make it a black kid then? That probably was another choice. That would have maybe been a another better choice. choice. Well, <laughs> it, they didn't seem to have much uh, fidelity to the... The material from no. what you're describing, well, they the, could have done basically anything. The thing is, the books all told are like four and a half thousand pages long. Mm-hmm. This movie is 95 minutes long. Right. We, the first character we are introduced to in this book, or in this movie, is Jake Chambers, who does not enter until the third book, book? of the series. Okay. Maybe the second. So the first books are just setting up this conflict between the two characters? Uh, hold on, let me... Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, the, the opening of the book is the... So, mm, let's start. Oh, I guess it's eight books and two short stories, so there you go. It's, oh, yeah, and Jake appears in the second book. Starts with the Gunslinger, the Drawing of the Three, the Wastelands. That was 82, 87, and 91, and then there was a big break. 1997, Wizard and the Glass came out. Then 98, Little Sisters of Illyria is a short story that was released. Wolves of Akala came out in uh, 2003, so that's another six years. Then uh, Song of Susanna and Dark Tower were both released in 2004. I believe the beginning, like in in March and October or March and November, the way that, because typically if he releases two books in a year, it's a spring book and an autumn book. Okay. Which we got a weird taste of in... Uh, was it Secret Window, where the the main character had to write a book sooner than later right. because Stephen King was off of his regular production schedule, and then went through the keyhole, which is like book four point five. 
was published last. Um, it was originally inspired by the poem Child Roll Into the Dark Tower oh, Pan came Browning, right? By Robert Browning. Yeah. Uh, which is included in the final, Brown, uh, final book's appendix. It also... He, he gives a lot of, um, credence to the Lord of the Rings. It is very much a, a walking book. Mm. There, like, there's a lot of yeah, walking towards the quest. or away from things. Yes, quest books. The Arthurian legends, the good, the bad, and the ugly as, uh, inspirations. Uh, Clint Eastwood's Man with No Name was the major inspiration for the Roland character. And, um, in this explicitly, mm-hmm. they're drawing lineage to Arthur. Right. Uh, they refer to, they say that, uh, they, Walter, the, Walter says that Roland's guns are forged from the steel of Arthur of Eld's sword. Mm-hmm. Keyholers call it Excalibur. Excalibur, right. Which, I don't know that Excalibur could have been melted down. Well, but okay. that's the idea. That's the <laughs> like it's maybe not an R. Not by human beings, yes. no. Yeah. So in the Dark Tower series, this is I don't want to mm. get too like esoteric, and I also haven't read them in fifteen years. Okay. Um or yeah, about fifteen years. I read them I read the first four and then I decided I would wait until all of until he was done. Right, that's probably to read a good the idea. Rest. So I waited until 2004 when mm-hmm. the Dark Tower was about to come out and I reread all of them. Uh, and then I read the Dark Tower when it came out and then I closed the Dark Tower. I thought it was his best ending ever, which I'm going to spoil here in a second. So if you don't want okay. spoilers, well, I'll let you know when that's going to happen. Uh, and I was very satisfied and then I never <laughs> returned <laughs> And book. neither did he, which is and, kind of amazing. Well, he did. He went. He in 2012, well, he wrote the Wind Through the Keyhole, which is the the mid book between. Okay, so this is not like he's rewriting or adding a sequel. No, he's, no, no, no. He wrote some stuff that happened in between two okay. of the books in a later book, which I think is perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. That time and universes are right, which is very much like what stories. Tolkien did too. Right, I understand. Right, the Dark Tower sort of stands alone. In Stephen King's works, not alone, but in a very small minority of fantasy work. I would say The Eyes of the Dragon, which he wrote with Peter Straub, is also fantasy. But beyond that, he doesn't really do fantasy. He doesn't do a lot of hocus-pocus magic stuff. And... There is, of course, magic and weirdness well, I mean, his, in he, his He stuff. doesn't really do science fiction either. No. So it's, uh, he's in Bradbury Country, I think, where it's sort of science fiction and it's sort of fantasy, but it's right. not one of the it's other. It's more like, we think this is weird, and so I'm going to have right. the barest of sketches of what caused this weird thing, but mostly right. it's just weird or horrible or, mm-hmm. what, you know, it's aliens, or it's, but, but we're not going to get to... Um, too far into that but for that reason many people who love the dark tower don't like his other stuff mm-hmm. and many people who love his other stuff don't really get into the dark tower so mm-hmm. it, like if you're a horror reader there's not enough horror in it for you i mean it's 
it's not that there isn't enough horror in there. It's that there might be too much fantasy in there. Because okay. I know a lot of people who don't like fantasy just are like, as soon as a sword or, an or a dragon. I, I, I almost always or, take out an Or elves. a sorcerer right. show up. They're just like, check the fuck out. Like, they're uh, just like, nope, not for me. Like, often elves are where I draw the line. Uh, I, I, I no. It's not for you. It's just I remember uh, Guillermo del Toro talking about that. He doesn't do fantasy, which is funny because he was supposed to do The Hobbit. I mean, he definitely did Pan's Labyrinth. So but Pan's how Labyrinth, about? Well, that's kind of you're a liar. No, no, no. You don't like Tolkien fantasy. Uh, you don't mind actually. When you fantasy. look at Pan's Labyrinth, I think the thing is it's more of um, classical fairy tales as opposed to European fairy tales. Okay. And that might have been what he meant. You know, yeah. that this is mythology and this that is, is literature. What he meant. That's why I don't like the broad, I don't like fantasy right. brush. Like, I just, you you haven't read all of it. So you right. don't know you don't like all of it. You can definitely say, yeah, elves are not my genius. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with elves, and well, his version of fairies are very different. But, so the Dark Tower um, opens. All right. And the, the opening line is, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. So in the books, mm-hmm. this is we get the man in black and we get the gunslinger. In this movie, we don't get them until like twenty minutes in. Well, yeah, um, mm, it's it's less time than that. I, that that's too much time. But the right. first thing we get is Jake Chambers. But let me say this, and this is a spoiler for the end of the book. So if you don't want a spoiler for Dark Tower, skip ahead like fifteen seconds. The last line of the book is the man in black fed, fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. It is a good ending. So, all of this happens in mm. thousands and thousands of pages, and we end up back right. where we started. And I love that. So, okay, spoiler done. I don't know how you would know that if you didn't listen all the way through. So, uh, but n- I don't even really want to talk about the books because this has so little, little to do. Outside of good guy, Roland, good guy, Jake, bad guy, Walter, Dark Tower, multiverse. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, and it's Stephen King, because like I said, there are it, a kajillion Easter eggs. It got eggs. to be really kind of It felt silly. like a hidden word, or a it, hidden picture it puzzle. pulls you out of the story to yeah, me. Which I didn't... We're walking down the street. Oh, look, there's a St. Bernardo. Oh, look, like he pointed out, there's a kid playing with a toy 57 Fury. Yeah. Uh, the gate portals, uh, one of them was 1408. Yeah. Right? And there's just so much of it after a while. I'm like, it's, okay. it's distracting now. It's it's bonkers. And I I think I will rewatch this movie, uh-huh. and I think I will enjoy finding more Easter eggs. Right. But watching it as The Dark Tower... I under, a lot of people got real mad at that because they're like, okay, so you, what you're saying to me as a fan of Stephen King and the Dark Tower is that you understand Stephen King's writing and you have read it or or at least the, the adaptations thereof because mm-hmm. all of these were also movie references, right? right? Um, and still you give me this adaptation of, a wor- of an epic work that has almost no resemblance well, to said epic work. From- and not because of... Honestly, if you have a problem with a black man in the Roland Shane character, mm-hmm. I can't have a conversation with you. It's like, especially when said black man is Idris Elba. Like, 
get off of it. He's right. an excellent actor. He he played what he was given great. Right. No, no complaints here. What he was given was not the Dark Tower. So, From what I understand, having read a little bit about the production history, it seems as if the actual history, like the, the mutations on the script, mm-hmm. took such a long time that yeah. by the time it got to making the film, it's as if all the energy for it or the momentum was exhausted. And now it became, yeah. we bought this property, we've spent this much money on it, there's all this expectation, put something on screen and what they yes. put on. And and the problem is, like I said, the, right. the first book was published in 1981, so f- a full 35 mm. plus years before this movie went into production. Yeah, that's they decided in this movie, through all of the iterations, to start with like they already knew that they weren't going to do seven movies, right? Right. Because they're starting with Jake Chambers, who, as I said, does not enter the tale until book two. So you're calling it the Dark Tower, which actually is the name of the seventh book, but you're doing introductions that happen in the second book in ways that don't happen. We're missing large, like. Most people, I would hazard to guess, and, and our roommate and I were both certainly among these people. Because you both re- have read the books. Yes. Uh-huh. Expected lobstrosities in this movie. Mm-hmm. There is a sort of epic scene wherein Roland is on a beach and he fights these giant lobsters mm-hmm. and he loses fingers. Right. He is a gunfighter. Right. Who loses fingers? It's a big fucking deal. It happens fairly early in the stories. Mm-hmm. And it's nowhere to be seen in this. There is a weird lobster behind him when he is shooting at one point. Mm-hmm. Like a regular lob- sized lobster in the background that isn't a threat in any way. As a quote unquote homage yes. to the lobster. Fuck you and your homages. Give me the fucking scene on the beach where he loses. He also like. He's poisoned at one like what they do in this movie and the and the fact that the main fight is the main fight of the series mm-hmm. they've they've just whittled it down so much as well, to be basically meaningless. At one point, as as we've discussed, when Steven Spielberg approached J.K. Rowling for the Harry Potter film, mm-hmm. this is what he wanted to do. Yeah, this is yeah. He wanted to create a highlight reel of the best of the books so far, and then just run with that and tie it together in a plot. Right. Which works for a director like that who's always going for the big scene and then scramble to the next big scene and scramble. But Which um, is why, like, him adapting uh, Ready Player One made a lot of sense, because that's basically how Ready Player One is laid out. Yeah. (laughs) And I will say, like, I thought this was a flop, but the budget of this movie oh, yeah. was $66 million, and it made twice that. Yeah, it's a success. So, it but was nobody a, who loves Stephen King right. likes this movie. It I, was a I enjoyed failure. it, but not as a Stephen King movie. Right. It was a critical failure, but it was a financial success. Um, and a lot of it is because things are just happening with no reason, mm-hmm. because there were 5,000 pages leading up to it, that you don't get to know well, about. This is also the the uh, <laughs> the word "ka" is never mentioned a single time in uh, this movie, right. which makes sense given that this movie is ninety five minutes and you have no history of it. Right. But for a Dark Tower movie, and people who know what the Dark Tower is 
will understand this. Ka is like like the spirit of the world. Uh-huh. Like it and a katat is the sort of family group that is formed in this um over these books among these characters, many of which we don't see. Mm-hmm. By the time they have this big fight, like there are at least two more main additions to this group. That's the drawing of the three is Jake is one of the three mm-hmm. and then there are two others. Uh and and for Ka to never even be mentioned in a you can't really call this the Dark Tower. Like you really so, can't. Yeah, I I felt like and I mentioned it to you at one point in the film, there was a big emotional interaction that was going on. And I said that it's being played up really well, it's being acted very well, but I don't know how we got to the point where this was a conflict. Right. And that kept happening in the film where yeah. I was getting this scene, but it's like I don't know where the context was yeah. of this emotional and, discussion. And everybody having. in the scene, because we've got McConaughey, we've got Idris Elba, mm-hmm. this kid is actually a really good actor. Right. We've got really good actors doing really good with the work with what they have, but there's no resonance for us as the audience because we've only right. known them for sixteen and a half minutes or something, so like, and we don't, or even less. In the case of somebody like uh, Ara, the seer, Claudia Kim's character, yeah, she comes in, and I, I didn't even get a full fix on her character. It's like, oh, is the Asian hippie girl right? She's the one who's in danger, and then it's the farm girl. Because I didn't have any handle on who these people were. Yeah. And they were all doing really excellent work. They were. In Everyone the context. in this movie is really good. And and it did feel as if, on some level, either with the script or the film itself, there were just big chunks of the story being tossed out. So you didn't get it. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't... It's not like I had any trouble following it. No. Yeah, and let's let's go through right. the let's go through the plot of this movie and we'll just say this this plot breakdown will not in any way spoil the Dark Tower book series right. for you. A- at all in any way. You will be surprised at every mm-hmm. page because none of this has anything to do with that forty two hundred page uh opus that he that Stephen King has written. So we start with what Wikipedia is telling me as an 11-year-old Jake Chambers, and I am telling you as a 15-year-old Jake Chambers. He is acting out, although he only... We we are told that he is acting out, but he is being bullied and then standing up for himself, maybe a little aggressively, but I'm just like, why is he the one being blamed for this behavior when he was called a name pushed down and had his stuff taken from him. Mm -hmm. Then when he tried to retrieve his stuff, granted, with many punches, uh, he's the fucking problem. Like, I'm just like, fucking really? Uh, I I can totally see that, though. And he's not sleeping well because he has these terrible nightmares and he's covered his wall with a serial killer quest red string (laughs) like series of drawings watching uh, 11... 2263, yeah. Yeah. I really need you to, like, write it down. Uh, it's too late. <laughs> um, <laughs> we never have to go Well, back this to. is also the second thing in a row where Jake is our main character. Right. Woof. But this Jake, better. I'm on the word. So, he's having these nightmares. Um, and then, meanwhile, the Earth is experiencing a bunch of 
earthquakes all over the place. He lives in New York. There's a 5.7 that wakes him up. And in his scene that literally, like, I was talking about it for way too long because it pissed mm-hmm. me off. His mom comes in, and she's getting ready for work. He's in bed. He'd been woken up by the earthquake. An earthquake. Let me repeat again. There's a 5.7, and they tell us how big it was, earthquake. She comes in to check on him, and he's there, and he's looking around, and he looks frightened. And she goes, that was a big one, huh? And then she goes, in the same breath, maybe? More nightmares? And I'm like, wouldn't you think that the fear on his face was from the big one you just mentioned to not more nightmares? Mm. What is happening right now? Like, you can't... (laughs) You can't. What is, it was one of those instances where... This feels where like a script rewrite that right. didn't get fully rewrit. Yeah. Rewrit, rewrit. <laughs> yeah, it was it was aggravating. But that was... Yeah, that's fine. So then um, he's got a psychiatrist who doesn't have any faith in the fact that he, this kid's telling the truth and having these real experiences. He's got a stepdad who wants to kick him out, basically, because... He's just a lot to deal with, and all he wants to do is fuck his mom and not have to deal with this child. Uh, and then um, his mom says, oh, the school has been working with this upstate, this this uh, home for gifted children, I guess, upstate in upstate New York. I'm like, oh, is it Professor Xavier? Are we doing a weird crossover? Sadly, no. And uh, when, and, and that he's going to go there for the weekend to work with them. It's only the weekend. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know that there's any kind of inpatient it's a trap, psychiatric. It, of course it's a trap. Yeah, but, but, I mean, I think even but the for a mom part. to be like, oh, he'll leave on Friday and come back on Sunday and he'll be right as rain is uh, foolish. And yeah. maybe she's a terrible parent. Sorry, she doesn't. Things don't end up very good for her, so that's unfortunate. I think she tries, but she just doesn't know what to do. And then she's got this voice of her husband in mm-hmm. her head like, ugh, he's such a problem. And we don't know anything about, oh, yeah, we do. Wait, His dad yeah. was a firefighter and died uh, in action. He's burned alive, so that's fine. So it was his mom. <gasps> All right. So Jake is like, fine, whatever, I'll go. But then when the people come to show up and take him, they have seams behind their necks, which is a thing that he's seen in his dreams, which show that these are people wearing skin suits. They're not people. These are creatures kind of wearing skin suits. Like. Yes, and um, Matthew McConaughey refers to one of them as rat face, in fact. I wonder if that's an actual line from the story that's just Matthew McConaughey being Matthew McConaughey. I don't know. So, he bolts and escapes and is Excuse me, looking for a house that came out Through of Through 11-year-old parkour, apparently. Yes. Well, mm. I actually don't... He's 11 in New York. I know, but I just... The, the vision of also, a person... he's not 11. He's 50 in New York. Climbing around fire escapes and jumping onto moving cars just seemed like a little extreme. I think any, were any cars moving At that he was jumping At the very end, on? yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then he finds... He, he finds the house that he was looking for. And then he goes through a portal. He types in 1919, which mm-hmm. is what his dream told him. And he goes through a portal, and then he ends up in Midworld. Now, first of all, to test the portal, he takes off his shoe and throws it through the portal. 
There are. There's debris all around them. It's an abandoned house. It looks like no one's lived there for years. But it's not abandoned because there's things in it. Well, yes, like there's but I mean, breathing in terms of and walls shaking and human stuff, beings, but we never see what that is. He so could I don't have picked know. up any object, as you're going to point out. Right, but why? Let's talk about the house, though. So okay. there's all of this. The floorboards raise and fall like there's something mm-hmm. underneath, and then there's like shaking in the walls. Do, but we don't ever see... Yeah, well, we don't see exactly what it is, although the house itself seems to come to life. Um, so later on, Walter mentions to one of the people that there was some sort of guardian thing at the house oh, that he okay. got past. But again, like a lot of lines in this got movie... Past. <laughs> like the line about King Arthur, these are sort of just tossed casually yeah. to viewers, and they're impo- important yeah. plot points. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, it, it is really important to find out that... You do have to listen right. to all of the words, because there's a lot of exposition said in very blasé, backhanded ways, where you're just yeah. like, or offhanded ways, where you're just like, wait, is that why this thing happened three scenes ago? Right. Okay. <laughs> and, and it's as if the story is moving along at such a pace with action scenes and things that you often get the exposition for the scene that you just watched two scenes later. Yeah. Which is very odd. Like, we'd like to know why Roland is so supernatural, supernaturally fast and why his guns are oh. indestructible. Oh, because they're made from his caliber. But you find that out after you've seen these weird displays of... Well, yeah. Okay, so l- let me go back. Because uh-huh. the first one of the first things we see, actually, is... Actually, maybe the first thing we see is those kids with Apple Watches mm-hmm. uh, in a weird place where they seem to all be having a great time. And then... Some of their watches go off, and then those creepy people with the seams right. usher a bunch of them into a room with a bunch of chairs, and then they like strap their heads in, and then they focus their thoughts at the tower, and that sends a beam into the tower, like a beam of psychic energy, we guess, uh, into the tower, which causes the earthquake that wakes Jake up. So it's a dream that he had, but it's also a thing that's actually happening, apparently. So fundamentally, what globally what is happening is, yes, Walter has this this weird daycare for these children with psychic powers that he has cultivated from various places, including, we'll call it Keystone Earth, because they keep calling it Keystone Earth, even though they don't say why they call it Keystone Earth, and I'm not going to get into it. Uh, but Keystone Earth is the Earth that we live in, and, or on, I guess, supposedly. And Jay, that's where Jake is from. He's from our world. So Walter is gathering children from multiple places, including our Earth, who have, they refer to it in this as the shine, because yeah. they're referring to Stephen King's work. They do not call it that in the Dark Tower series. So more... Fudging. It's true. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. But they never reference it that way in the Dark Tower series. I don't believe he may have gone back and edited it. Uh-huh. Edited it. But that's not how it's referred to in the book. But so in this, because we're doing Stephen King Easter eggs, it's the shine. So they take shiny children and then they point their shine at the Dark Tower in attempts to tear it down. Now, once again, this in the Wikipedia plot summary, and I guess a a misconception could be that Walter is doing this to take control of the mm-hmm. multiverse, but he's not. He doesn't want to control it. He wants to destroy it. Well, this he wants happens. to destroy 
everything. And I don't know if you want to talk about it now or wait until the actual scene where it comes up, where the cosmology of at least the film uh, is what uh, the gunslinger explains to um, Jake. Well, let's start with the meeting of the gunslinger. So okay, he's so. in Midworld, and he's going around, and it's a desert, and he's probably going to die if he doesn't find some water. And then he stumbles upon a campsite where he drinks a bunch of water and shoves some food in his face, and I'm like, that's not great. And then is caught there by Roland, who he says, I've seen you, I, and he names him, and he mm-hmm. pulls out a picture of him, I believe. Roland's like, not interested, don't watch you. Um, but then he can't just leave a child in the desert, so. Well, he convinces him he knows about, and he does have a picture on him of the gunslinger. He has a picture of the, right? Oh, he does? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, the the gunslinger picture the the is back in New York. I believe it was a gunslinger, although it might have been a picture Although, of no, it's possible he has it, and then when Walter does his weird back-in-time uh, thing, it reappears. Right. So that might be it. Yeah, he convinces Roland that he is... He's seen... No, no, it's a picture of the man in black. Because okay, yeah, yeah. the tower's in the background. The tower's not in the background. The, that the, weird... The, the engine, the... Egg building. Shiny, happy, children-holding-hands engine that destroyed yes, the dark tower. Yes, it's like this weird... It's almost like the geodesic dome, dome, but like, yeah, it does kind right. of look like a jello mold, like a weird geometric bunt mm-hmm. cake black building. And that is where... Um, Walter is keeping these kids and, and where he is targeting right. the tower from. And no, just, Okay, never mind. I can't ask that question. What's that? No, I can't because it, there's no answer for it in the movie, so... Oh, okay. So, and Roland's like, I'm not a gunslinger anymore because Jake is like, but you're a gunslinger. And he's like, I'm not a gunslinger anymore. Uh, that's one of the arguments where I felt like I don't know exactly where I was supposed to start being invested in whether or not he's a gunslinger. Well, I think at the at the village... Um, because, and then Roland's like, at this point, I'm just trying to kill Walter because he killed my dad, which... Mm-hmm. Which is Dennis Haysbert. It is Dennis Haysbert. It's also, well, it's understandable, mm-hmm. the idea that a man who was raised in this tradition, which we don't really get anything about, so I'm bringing in outside knowledge, I'd be a terrible juror, apparently, uh... Raised in this tradition, clearly as all in this tradition, you're going to suffer loss. Mm-hmm. You can't just turn off all of your training because you suffered a loss. Like that's not well it, it, how it works. And later we find right. out that McConaughey. Mm, I'm going to call him that because it's a better name than Walter. Sorry, I don't like the name Walter. I I, I appreciate. I've I've known good men named Walter, but that name is rough for me. Rolling the house. Has this weird, like, he, he doesn't sort of succumb to his powers. Mm-hmm. So Walter's gone about killing everybody that's ever been close to Roland. And so there's an antagonistic relationship well, between I, them. See, there. I don't know why uh, Roland doesn't we succumb to Walter's. To, there's just like and a you, lot of. You get more of that in the. Obviously, I would imagine. Yes. I would like there to be some. But there's no reason, I don't right. think, other than. We have one shining darkness and one mm. shining lightness, and they are just like in Harry Potter. They're sort of mm-hmm. um, having to meet at some point in the middle. To yeah, but also out. like 
he, Roland doesn't affect Walter the way that he's, he may be affected by other people like him mm-hmm. and vice versa. Uh, yeah, so but, it's not as much as, uh, you know, his father dying and whispering, his dying breath, safe drivers, that, none of that. None of that. Okay. So they decide, like, as they're traveling, they find, they, they get attacked. This is my, probably the best scene. Like, mm-hmm. the movie looks beautiful. Right. Although there were a couple of scenes where I was like, pull that away sooner. That was a fake wall and you let me look at it for too many seconds. But there's this big red lumpy mass and there's a bunch of monsters inside of it and they're trying to get out. And that's the, the concept is, it, it also feels very much like the never ending story. The darkness is coming, and when the dark tower falls, the darkness will consume everything, and then these, like, uh, they're almost like wombs, mm-hmm. like external wombs full of nightmares and monsters will just be everywhere. And then they'll just cover every, I guess, every place in every place in the multiverse, and then everybody will be subsumed and matched by the monsters. I guess that's so. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's why I, I think I told you that it owes it borrows a lot from William Hope Hodgson and his book The Nightland. Yeah, where there's an enormous aluminum tower and it has a force shield, and outside are just monsters. Yeah, we're constantly trying to find ways to get in. Yeah, um, and I think a more direct reference to Hodgson would be your giant lobsters. Yeah, because he well, that's had good. a book. Um, I just shared with a friend of ours the boats of Glen Carrig, and one of the scenes has a group of men trapped in Sargasso weed and being attacked by enormous crabs, in that case, the size of dinner tables that mm. chop off your fingers and yeah. hopefully your wrists. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of... He, it seems like what King was doing with the books was putting together all of his influences into one sort of big tapestried narrative. Yeah. Um and then kind of letting it all run, which is sort of, it sounds like it's fun. I just, I wish I had time to invest in the eight-book series. Um, yeah, so Roland ends up taking Jake to a village. There's a seer there to sort of mm-hmm. see what can be seen. And then meanwhile, um, Walter finds out that the people that he went to go send to get Jake, which is what those creepy people who showed up at his house were, right. failed. He goes to New York. He's um, And this is actually one of my favorite scenes. I like the way that it was shot, and I really like McConaughey in it. Mm-hmm. He's in their kitchen cooking when they return for dinner, or they return at the end of the day. And he's like, oh, um, you'll have to... I, I appreciate your allowing me to use your kitchen or whatever. They don't have chicken where I come from. Right. So he's making up some chicken immediately mom knows that's the man right. in Jake's drawing. He walks past Lon and just says, stop breathing. And then Lon falls to the floor. And he's dead now. And I'm fine with it because he's an asshole. And then he brings uh, the mom into Jake's room and does this. Jake had pulled all of his pictures off the walls. And he does this thing where he sort of goes back in time. So around him, the pictures are going up. Mm-hmm. And you see Jake, you know, drawing at his desk, and more and more pictures are being populated. It's sort of this 
rewind and then fast forward through time. And I really like the way that it is uh, laid out. So, but we, and then we get this exposition dump of how, wow, he knows everything. And also he's like, he could like his psychic power could bring down the tower all at once. I don't need to do these little right. attacks. If I put him in this chair, that's going to be a wrap on the tower. And then he whispers to Jake's mom and we don't see what happens after that, except when Jake comes back to the house later. There's just a, just a ashy, burst like place on the floor. On the floor yeah. So now both his parents died in fire, well, and he's an orphan. Consistent. And um, back at the village, we are told by a different person that his shine is super strong. Mm-hmm. That it's the strongest that the seers ever saw seen. That she, he can't use it because they'll they'll track it, and uh, they. Then he shows them the picture of where the man in black, where mm-hmm. Walter is. And they're like, oh, we know where that is. And it's a six-month journey. And I'm just like, that's too many months. Uh, and so they're like, well, open a portal. And then there's this portal talk back and forth. So there's portals between worlds. But then the bad guy's portals can only be accessed by other bad guy's portals. And they're like, well, if. They're taking people from New York, then they must have a bad guy portal in New York. So let's go to New York. So send with your portal, send us to New York, the portal that we came through originally, and then we'll go find their bad guy portal. And, and we'll this go is that. kind of where it's, I it's, actually started enjoying the story more. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Idris Elba character in New York is really very funny. Yeah. That's the thing. He's like, do you guys have guns there? And he's like, yes. And then he goes, are bullets as rare there as they are here? And he's like, you're going to like my world. Right. And I'm just like, woof. Um, She's a sad commentary on yeah. the world. but So as they're ringing up the portal, like getting the portal ready to go because they haven't used, this mm-hmm. village hasn't used their portal in a long time, they are attacked to lose another fight. There's a lot of googly eyes. And then he saves this girl who keeps looking. Jake saves this girl who keeps looking at him and her goats. So that was nice of him. I don't know why we needed to have a weird little love connection when this person's supposed to be 11. Not not 11, but that's fine. Uh, and, and totally... Like for what? It's a ninety-five minute movie. Right. Like what? What are we? That didn't doing add here? anything to yeah. anything no. that's happened so far. So they da, 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 they get back, and Roland kills a bunch of um, people to try and save the vil- the village. The Tahin, mm-hmm. that's Walter's uh, minions, are called. It sounds like something in Mediterranean cooking. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, they get back to Earth, and Roland's injuries are bad, uh, so he goes to the hospital where Jake is like, just let me do the talking because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to commit you. And so he talks about getting injured at a costume party because, of course, Roland right. is not wearing clothes that would be 20th okay. century America appropriate. Uh, Jake learns the location of Walter's base from a homeless man who had called him out earlier in front of what I think were scouts. I was like, way to blow up his spot, asshole. (laughs) Um, And I don't know how they tracked a homeless man in New York City, but sure, they did that. And then they know that they have to go to the Dixie Pig. Appropriately where all evil is. Well, also, like, the Dixie Pig sign is a pig over the 
over the word Dixie, which means it's Pig Dixie, not the Dixie Pig. Uh, that's fine. Then we have also, we, we should talk, Jackie Earl Haley is the guy that runs, like, the New York uh, shipping operations for Matthew McConaughey's character. I, I love him very much, so that was awesome. And they, they just go, like, they go to the house so Jake knows his mom's dead. And they go get some long. guns. They get some guns. Which he is steals where, them. where Jake and Roland become separated. That's right, because of all the gun shops in New York, he walks into one that Walter is controlling. Which Well, Walter's controlling sure. him because the boy lets off a shine, and any time he uses that shine, whether it's talking to homeless people or the flashes he I has guess, about his he mom, can, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just sets off a beacon that... Uh, Walter's able to follow. Follow. That's so true. that's why I think it was that he was able to follow him there just because he like he had a Yeah, that's fair. You know, a tracker on him now. Yeah, that's fair. And then um also well I we should say Roland vows to avenge his mom's or Jake's mom's death. He's already right. vowed to avenge his own father's Grab death. Car's hammer. It 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 aligns nicely with his yeah. already his current his current yeah, okay. well, I'll just add this to the other vengeance. That's right, to yes. Get. I'll have just to, I'll shoot him twice. That's for my dad. That's for his mom. This is for literally every gunslinger that was before that you know that was alive that you killed because right. he's the last one, like a time lord. And they so they're attacked and Jake is taken, and he goes back through the Dixie Pig to mm. the to the I, they call it Midworld, the Midworld. Um, Bunker? Well, <laughs> this was a very confusing scene for me because there's a lot because of action. And he, at one point, is in a, like an abandoned restaurant. Then he seems to be in a church. Then he seems to be like in a so the Dixie Victorian pig, shopping mall. The and way then, the Dixie Pig is laid out is uh, weird because, yeah, top floor or, you know, you know uh, the floor that you walk in from street level restaurant. Underneath, yeah, apparently a cathedral. There's a right, it's, with stained glass windows, so maybe it's above the Dixie. I and don't know. Like said there's this sort of weird atrium that seems like you're in a a stone, a brick and stone version of a mall. That was and through that the through portal. The that's okay. through the portal. That's and where Fran. Like that's where Fran and uh, Christina Braithwaite always were. Oh, Christina Braithwaite. <laughs> Christina Braithwaite from Lovecraft Countries in this movie, um, she doesn't say very much. <laughs> she has a pretty face and it is remarked yes. upon. <laughs> that's uh, literally the whole point of her character. So that's that's her character. Um, he development literally right was there. like, "I like the skin you've chosen," because she's one of the creatures mm-hmm. wearing a skin suit, and she looks at him quizzically, and he's like. Uh, "Wear a pretty face, and the world is your oyster." Which okay, here's the question then: If you had a uh, just choose your own face. Why would you look like uh, friend Kranz? I or, like it the way he likes it. Or Jackie Earl Haley. It's like if you could just be any, any if you could choose any skin, it's like well, I think I look like this mug. You the person that you choose. Um, I think that they're doing it more for uh, utility, and then once they put on a skin, it's a lot of work to get into another skin. I just, it would seem like a weird statement and a weird kind of Detailed and yeah, it is weird, but it's also it was also weird to me because McConaughey is a good-looking man. Like uh-huh. you are not a person who can have this conversation. So I'm talking to the universe at large. McConaughey is, is hot. 
generally. In this movie, I don't know if it's it's uh, proximity to Dallas Buyers Club or what. Which he looks drawn and weird in this movie. Well, I think that's also part of the character too. I think they did, but like he can also choose his face. That's what he's saying. Not the same way as these uh, guys do, but he can present himself any way that he wants. And he's chosen Matthew McConaughey on a weird bad day. And it's like. Which is fine until your character points out that you can choose how you look and it matters. He is, I think the word is antipodal in this film. I don't know what that means. He has so little body fat. Oh, yeah. He is very, very, very lean. I thought there was a relation to Dallas Buyers Club in terms of, no, but there was years between those two films. So I'm not sure exactly why he's so. And it feels like the makeup people had a fed. weird time with the lines on his face. Like he, they gave him bags, and I don't know why they would do that. Like mm. I, like they, with the way that makeup was applied to his face, they accentuated all the wrinkles on it. I mean, he's a fifty or forty-seven at this point mm-hmm. year old man, so he doesn't have a perfectly smooth face. But they, like, accentuated all of the wrinkles in his face with the makeup application, and I don't know why. It's It was a very odd choice. Or maybe they just didn't put makeup on him except, like, weird concealer, and then the mm-hmm. light hit it in a way that they weren't anticipating. I don't know. I don't know. Very, very, very strange. So, um, so Jake's now at the portal, or through the portal, and in the chair, and Roland's got to fight his way through. Uh, McConaughey thinks he's got it made in the shade, like he's going to put him in the chair, and then his shine is going to take this tower down, and we're going to be done with it. And then Jake, you know, fights back. They're like, it's, he's not, like, the the beam of, the the attack beam isn't working. It's Mm -hmm. like he's fighting back. And I'm like, yeah, because he's fighting back. And then he's also thinking at Roland, this is the code that they used to get through. And it was like 60, 61 something. It doesn't matter. And so that that's how he can get through the portal when he's done fighting off everybody mm. that he has to fight off. And he, uh, the other thing is that Jake is splitting his attention and that's holding the portal open even though they're trying to close the portal. And then... Walter goes through the portal to fight Roland there rather than having Roland come back to mid, Midworld to fight him. Uh, but Roland, and then Roland is wounded by Walter. And he's like laying there on the ground and Jake is mind yelling at him. You've forgotten the face of your father! Because they've, they also had a little uh, scene where they bonded over shooting and <laughs> they bonded over shooting. It's just such a That's what happens. I know, but still I Roland gave Jake the gun and then like was disapproving when Jake tried to hold the gun, a forty five caliber revolver with both hands in his tiny body. And so he ends up shooting with one hand. No he wouldn't, his arm would fall off his body. <laughs> And they go, and they they learn. He learns the gunslinger's creed, 
wherein you do not shoot with you your shoot with your heart or something. I, it was very hard for me to follow. <laughs> okay. And, yeah, let me, I'll, I'll find it for you. Search Google for Gunslinger's Creed. I can't remember it. I aim with my eye. Okay. Um, I do not aim with my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his, face father. Of his father. I aim with my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. He who shoots with his hand has forgotten the face of, face of his father. I shoot with my mind. I do not kill with my gun. Um, he who kills with his gun has forgotten the face of his father. I kill with my heart. So I mean it when I murder you. I mean it. No, that's what I you want. Uh, and so or... he's, yes. So as Roland is laying on the ground, very wounded. Jake is like, get up, you bitch! <laughs> and so he does. And then he kills Walter by... So Walter at this point is collecting weapons. He's he's a sorcerer, right? So mm-hmm. he can use, and he's doing a lot of the arm movements that I love when actors do, because I can just picture them on a set with nothing, right. nothing, because it's all CGI, right? Moving, like, I just... Uh, dark uh, Scarlet Witch just right. doing a lot of <laughs> right? tension in the fingers, right? So it's, uh, he's doing a lot of this. Right. At this point, like Roland's shooting him with his gun. That's what you shoot somebody with. Mm. Roland is shooting him, and no, you McCon- shoot him with your heart. McConaughey is just that's right. <laughs> I forgot the face of my father, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> And I and McConaughey is collecting these bullets and then chucking them back <laughs> real fast. So he doesn't even need a gun. Right. He can just shoot you with uh, the power of his mind, which I think is the crux of the whole thing. And uh, so then Roland shoots him in the heart. Nope. He shoots him towards the heart and he knows McConaughey is going to like, yoink, yoink, matrix it out of the air. Mm. So then he shoots the thing standing next, like the metal bar in front of Walter, and banks that bullet so that it hits the bullet that Walter is about to snag, and it knocks it off course and into Walter's heart. I don't believe Walter has a heart, but... Well, he follows sure. it up by one right between the eyes. So yeah, Walter then he fires the his weapon repeatedly into <laughs> so. Walter's prone body. Yes. And then he goes to the portal, destroys the machine, Dark Tower saved, Jake and the other kids saved, Roland um, is dropping Jake back off in New York, where I'm like, I mean, okay, but he's an orphan, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I don't know how he's going to explain the disappearance of his mama, because she's a small pile of ash (laughs) on the floor. That's what you get from playing with matches, Mom. And so he offers, which is fine, because Roland says, Jake, do you want to travel with me through Midlands? I mean, my whole goal in life was to kill that dude, and now I just don't have a goal in life, but you can walk with me aimlessly forever. And Jake's like, cool, sounds good. And then they go back 
<laughs> to mid-world well, together. I mean, the, the suggestion would be that the gunfighters, which is at this point an extinct organization, is going Slingers. to be... Gunslingers. Gunfighters, gunslingers. Different. Um, that they're going to be brought back as a... Yes, it's going to be them too. Right. They're going to go draw some more, actually, well, I guess. Yeah, the, the, there's a... It feels like a spaghetti western slash martial arts movie slash uh, pulp fantasy kind of... Th- I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I just wish that either it had been longer or we had taken out so many of these extraneous scenes. Jake's early life in New York, There's a he's given a best friend who amounts to nothing over the course of this film. There's yeah. a friend who sits and talks to him, and, and they seem to have a good relationship. Like, this is he's going to be a bargaining chip, or maybe it turns out he's not really his friend or something, but that character just doesn't come to anything. And then there's the homeless person yeah, who we don't understand. I mean, I, apparently he was one of the children, or he has flashes of the children. He's a person with a shine. Um, we don't get much of his backstory aside from the fact that he's the homeless person, so you either needed more story to elaborate why he wound up there, or less story so that he wasn't in it, or find some way of making his character have an effect on everything else. All that we know about his mom is that she's hot and the dad wants her, and that's the reason why he wants the kid out of the way. That guy doesn't have much going on. There's just not a lot. We're giving these people in the briefest possible strokes, and we don't get a lot of motivation for anybody except for the lead character or the title character. Yeah, I'm um, not title character because it's in this one. It's called the Dark Tower. But. Yeah, so th- there was going to be Amazon had bought the rights to a, a series, mm-hmm. which was going to be a full rewrite. Mm-hmm. It was going to have Sam Strike in it from um, that space show that we watched, the George R. R. Martin. Flyers. Yeah, so. He was going to be the. He was going to replace McConaughey, and then there was an uh, also a Jasper Hakonin. That's two A's, two K's. He's a Finnish man, and he was cast as Roland Deschain. But oh no, he was cast as the. I guess Sam Strike was Roland Deschain, and Jasper was uh, Man in Black. But they decided not to move forward with that. The the company, the production company that owns the rights, is shopping that around now. Um, the director of this film has said that there is going to be a sequel based on the drawing of the three, which is where Jake is originally introduced. I don't understand. And that Eddie and Susanna, who form the base of... Like, it's a quartet Mm -hmm. through most of this. After the second book, it's a quartet of people. Eddie and Susanna were going to appear alongside Elba McConaughey and Taylor and Jackie Earl Haley. Uh, so that's where we stand now. There will be mm-hmm. some sort of sequel, probably now, I guess, not before like 2026, given the state of the world. Uh, based on the second book in a, in a series where they've already done a finale type thing. Yeah, this and seems... I just don't understand. Really I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know how they're going to maintain the continuity see, of this. If you want to keep Idris and McConaughey, fine, but you should mm-hmm. still do a page one rewrite. And it should be a series. And I would say it should probably be... Uh, you could do it like Outlander. So you could mm-hmm. do a book, a, a, a thing, but not a whole... not a whole. The first... The Gunslinger is not very long. Okay. It's basically a novella. 
like even I have um, large format paperbacks that are um, illustrated, and the te- to keep it that size, the text in that is like a fifteen <laughs> point font. It's that's that's you know what I mean. Like no, 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 I know. I'm gonna try to pull uh, that trick myself. Just <laughs> write something. And yeah, it's not it's, it's not very long. Mm-hmm. Um, they call it a fantasy novel, but it it is. You know, they call, they're saying it's 300 pages. I've read it in an afternoon. Mm. It's not very long. So you probably don't need... You could probably do The Dark Tower and or The Gunslinger and The Drawing of the Three as one mm. season. You could do, then do The Wastelands as one season. Wizard and the Glass, one season. Wolves of the Callow, maybe two seasons. Song of Susanna is a takes place in the past. So that might be one season, or you could do a concurrent show that runs alongside, like a Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead situation. Um, no, you don't want to do it first. He wrote it that way for a reason. I, The things that happen in it, I think it makes more sense to flesh out references rather than to give you all of the things and then reference it later. Yeah. It just I think that that would work better. And then do the Dark Tower as a season. Like, I, I think it's a multiple season thing. Well, if somebody's ambitious enough, the whole Harry Potter thing never had been done before until somebody did it. I don't, I don't think it could be movies. No, no, uh, but what I mean by that is that it takes just somebody being ambitious enough for the project and say, yeah, yeah this has never been done before, yeah. but we can try it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, this I honestly, though, the watch of this film was mm-hmm. entertaining to me. I liked it. Yeah, well, I don't know any better. So but I needed the, to... The fact that I felt it was just too truncated for what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was the I thing. Know. I was like, it's got to be like two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, 95 minutes? There were Jesus parts of the Christ. film that were a little derivative. Like, I didn't need to see the, um, yeah, you were mentioning the, the Matrix part of the film, and then the kind of John Woo part of the film was what I was mentioning, and then it was, there was a lot of sort of references, not just to Stephen King, but to other popular films, too. And I really wish that you'd had a director who was a little bit stronger. Well, this director was nominated for an Academy Award for Foreign Film in 2012 for The Royal Affair, so he's not a bad director. I think the be... editing... The editing, and it might also great. be that it's very much like talking. He also to wrote. The, I believe the Royal Affair is a small right. talking that movie, makes sense. and this is a large actiony movie. Well, there's a uh, a tradition of taking filmmakers who worked well in foreign films and trying to put them into a Hollywood product, and them realizing, oh no, the action scenes are already basically all prevised. Yeah. And so you can't contribute any individuality to that. You can't contribute any individuality to this. And uh, often they wind up with something. It seems like, I don't know, maybe I'm being wrong in criticizing the director. Maybe he was just, uh, the film was basically done and he was fit into it. Yeah, and I think the script, I think, you know, fundamentally the the problems with this come from the script. Mm-hmm. Not in the writing of it. The the dialogue and stuff was fine, other than that weird earthquake thing at the beginning. But he tried to put too much in t- into too little. Right. And it's just, the jar is too small, and you're never going to fit it all in there. Yeah. You're just not. So it doesn't burst at the seams. You just have a small jar that's totally crammed full, and you're like, well, this isn't what I ordered. 
<laughs> like this isn't. Yeah. So, so it, I don't know. I think it's a fun, I do think it's a fun watch. I'll watch pretty much anything with Matthew McConaughey or, or Idris Elba in it. Or both. Um, Jackie Haley makes good choices usually, like weird, but good. It like, was really fun watching him get into this sort of slugfest briefly with Idris Elba. Yeah. I was like, look how small he is. Jackie Earl Haley, I checked, is five foot five. Yeah, he's a Idris Elba, I think, is somewhere between six two and six three. Yeah, I believe that. So there was a lot of visual effects to make this look like it wasn't a very tall man just hammering his the head of a very small man. Yeah. I was just like, oh, you should run. I mean, you should. I mean, I guess they're not that attached to their physical forms. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is what they did. There was a lot of special effects involved. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I, as I said, if it was a little bit longer or if they'd done some more judicious, 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 yes, judicious pruning of the script. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because there's, I really think it needed to be like a day one. What, uh, so here are, is the source material, kachunk, 4,000 yeah. pages. How what of this do we want to put in here? Right, and they just went, you know, th- this much, and they grabbed all forty two hundred pages, and they were like, "Well, okay, start pruning to get a beginning, a middle, and an end." And you can't—that's not in ninety five in ninety five pages. It's, right. it's not going to happen. Oh, okay. Well, we covered it. We did it. We saw it. It's fun. Um, someday I'll get the audio books and listen to them all, or something. Because I don't, yes, I wish I had more time to read, but unfortunately I do not. Write less. No, no. You don't read books that were written after you were born, so no, I don't um, see you ever reading yeah. these books. But we have them all. They're in this house. I have to so. write like I'm running out of time. All right. In the meantime, do you have, uh, so next week, mm-hmm. I should say, next we're going time. to be watching It, Chapter 1. Shh. It. Chapter one. Just Actually, it's a very good movie. I enjoyed it. Chapter one. Yes, we have both seen this one, so this will not be new to us, but Mm -mm. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Um, So that is what we are watching next week. In the meantime, do you have anything you would like to recommend to our listeners? Okay, so I've already recommended um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. You have. Which I really enjoyed and finished seeing finally, and it was very, very good. Finally. You well, watched it all in like three days. I well, I watched the last three episodes in one night because I was about to go to bed and then realized, oh, I can't sleep, and I'm going to be wondering about this tonight, so I want to see how they end it. And it was the fact that they incorporate a lot of MR, excuse me, not MR James, Henry James, other ghost stories oh, into it. So it becomes a sort of the Marvel Universe of Henry James' ghost stories, which people don't realize he wrote very weird, kind of psychologically, psychological horror, but with actual ghosts and things, as opposed to psychological horror like Poe wrote. Um, So it becomes, yeah, the Marvel Universe of of Henry James' work. So it was really enjoyable. The characters were actually really lovely, and it's very character-driven. Yeah. so people who are looking for big shocks and scares, that doesn't happen, but it does build up to a head with um, And if you don't splits. like the turn of the screw, should you watch it? Yes. 
Because okay. it takes a significant Detour? turn from it. Okay, great. When? In order to in- How far in? It, it just about midway, but it's doing a good job with mm-hmm. it. Okay. Um, in that the characters, it's as we told you before, you're getting the um, in the turn of the screw, you're getting one unreliable narrator's point yes. of view, and in this story, you're getting the point of view of the children, the governess, the ghosts themselves, yeah. and so it's filling it. And then when, right when you think that's the the point of it, then it starts diverging and going into the points of these other characters and how it all relates back to the first one. And yeah. So it's actually very good. I just I I don't love the story, and I watched the first episode with you, and then I was like, oh, let me know. And yeah. so you're well, the first episode is it. fairly faithful. Yes, um, I know. That's why I was like, I don't want. And to then it starts right going now. in its own direction. Okay. Uh, but what I would so I don't want to recommend it till twice now. But what I would recommend if for people who have the taste for it is a 2019 film that we saw last night by Varium. Vivarium. Which is where you keep animals. Anyhow. It's where you keep reptiles. Specifically, yes. It's... Cold-blooded things. A very weird movie. It won't be to everyone's taste. You guys should learn about the cuckoo, because I didn't know anything about the cuckoo. I learned about it yesterday, and it blew my mind. Yes. And the film opens with images of the cuckoo, and I get... Did you think they were, like, fake or altered or... No. I just didn't know what I was looking at. You knew immediately, and I had no idea. Right. Granted, they tell you fairly quickly, so that's good. But I didn't know. So, hey, everyone. Uh, let's have Nature Corner. Cuckoos. Are assholes. Are assholes. The worst they're, they're, they're animals in the world. <laughs> Cuckoos lay their eggs in other, other birds' nests that have eggs right. sitting in them. Then, when the giant cuckoo baby is born, it kills all of the other... Eggs right, or hatchlings, bur- hatchlings that are it's there. Three times their size, easily. It kicks them out of the nest, uh-huh. and then it screams to be fed, and is and then the other birds feed it. Uh-huh. I don't know that they don't know that it's their own kid. They know it's not their own kid, but now mm-hmm. their nest is inhabited by this giant baby that could literally swallow them. Right, that's the and weird so part. They feed but it's a parasitic it. species. It spe- it feeds or it preys exclusively on another bird species, um, almost exclusively, I think. So they come out and lay this egg, and the baby. Uh, and that was when I was a kid, and I first saw this on a nature uh, documentary. I was really horrified. It gave me like nightmares when I saw it as a kid. It is nightmare because baby birds are hideous to begin with. They are not cute. They don't have open eyes. They just have these huge bulging orbs underneath their skin. And this thing instinctively kills everything in the nest. It doesn't seem to understand what it's doing. But it's very horrifying to watch it by blind instinct push all the other babies out of the nest that are defenseless. And then it's, it is, its mouth is, could easily swallow the, the parent birds alive because it's such a big, insistent, loud, obnoxious animal. Brood parasite. That is the sort of what what they do is called. So they're not the only thing that does this. Sometimes they lay eggs that closely resemble the ones that they're going to usurp. And sometimes they don't give a fuck about that. Interesting. So they target a specific type of bird to attack. To attack. I'm going to call this an attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, parasitic cuckoos show, that show the highest level of egg mimicry are those whose hosts exhibit the highest level of egg rejection, which means they tried to lay their own eggs, and then the birds were like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've seen this before. We got together and we're talking. Not today, Gladys. And they kick her egg out of their nest. But uh, then they adapt because, you know, adaptation. Evolution sucks for some species. The, pa- the pa- parasitism, parasitism is not necessarily entirely detrimental to the host species, which really sounds like uh, an abuser telling you that it's totally fine. Uh, 16-year data set was used in 2014 to decide that Mm. crow's nests were more successful overall, probably because the crows were fucking like mad so they could have one crow baby when these motherfuckers were killing all their babies. Yeah. Um, it's upsetting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's if, deeply upsetting. If you've it's never so seen upsetting. it, it's, it's a, the film opens with footage of what looks like actual nature footage of it happening. It is. That's absolutely what and it is. It's, and then, yeah, and a little girl finds it and then it is explained and, to her what... What happened? Why? Yeah. And and she's like, and and she goes, well, why, why did it happen? It's this little girl, like she's five mm-hmm. or whatever. And the the main woman in the movie, who's right. played by Imogene Poots, Poots, who was play playing a character named Gemma, says, well, there's no reason. It's just nature. It just happens. And the little girl's like, nature's terrible. Right. And that's, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to spoil any of the rest of the film. No. It's really because I think that even the trailer tells you too much. I I would agree with that. Although I would also agree, or I would actually say that the opening of the cuckoo tells you too much. Tells you a lot. (laughs) Tells Um, you maybe too much. But I think I'm like I think this is a spoiler for the movie I'm about to watch. But I think in your case, though, you've never seen it before, so if you just went into it blind, you'd have no idea. Like, why is that bird such a prick? But there are what keeps you going, even when you know what's going to happen in this film is the really beautiful touches of surrealism. Um, there's a lot of references to, I think it's Magritte, right? Yeah. And to Escher. Yeah. There are... It, it's, it's beautiful to look at. The whole is movie is really beautiful. really beautiful and surreal. And, and I was very high, and I was very engaged the whole time. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it really is an enjoyable film. I've seen a couple of horror films recently, brushing up on them for... Um, because this is back, this is the time of year when television, uh, cable channels, for instance, will just put out their whole backlog of horror films, yeah. and there's no sort of being self-conscious about yeah. it. It's like this is when we can put this all out. So um, this w- this has been the most recent film to just sort of surprise me in terms of oh wow, I didn't see a lot of this. Coming. And it stars Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg, and that's basically it. Right. Also a third character, we're not going to get into it. But yes, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a really weird film, but I would have to recommend it just because it's beautifully made and very strange, and I can guarantee you it's different from anything you've seen so far. Indeed. So do you have something to recommend? I'm not going to add to your recommendations. But I like that movie, too, so I second your your recommendation. So that's going to be it for us this week. Next week, It Chapter 1. I'm not sure where it's playing. It Chapter 2 is on HBO Max, so we'll have to dig around for Mm. It It, Chapter 1. And uh, until then, you can reach us if you have questions or comments or concerns or you can't believe we've already reached 2017 and we still have another year left of this podcast mm. <laughs> at latecomerspod at gmail.com. 
You can find us on Twitter at LatecomersPod, or you can find us on Facebook by searching Latecomers Podcast in the search bar. Until next time, I remind you to take your medicine, and we remind you, better, better late, late than, than never. never.